Vatican Radio presents Fratelli Tutti The Encyclical Letter of His Holiness Pope Francis on Fraternity and Social Friendship Adapted for radio by Mara Michelli English production directed by Sister Bernadette Mary Rees. Chapter 4, Part 2 local and universal. It should be kept in mind that an innate tension exists between globalization and localization. We need to pay attention to the global so as to avoid narrowness and banality. Yet, we also need to look to the local, which keeps our feet on the ground. Together, the two prevent us from falling into one of two extremes. In the first, people get caught up in an abstract, globalized universe. In the other, they turn into a museum of local folklore a world apart, doomed to doing the same things over and over, incapable of being challenged by novelty or appreciating the beauty which God bestows beyond their borders. We need to have a global outlook to save ourselves from petty provincialism. When our house stops being a home and starts to become an enclosure, a cell, then the global comes to our rescue like a final cause that draws us toward our fulfilment. At the same time, though, the local has to be eagerly embraced, for it possesses something that the global does not. It is capable of being a leaven, of bringing enrichment, of sparking mechanisms of subsidiarity. Universal fraternity and social friendship are thus two inseparable and equally vital poles in every society. To separate them would be to disfigure each and to create a dangerous polarization. Local flavor.
The solution is not an openness that spurns its own richness, just as there can be no dialogue with others without a sense of our own identity. So there can be no openness between peoples except on the basis of love for one's own land, one's own people, one's own cultural roots. I cannot truly encounter another unless I stand on firm foundations, for it is on the basis of these that I can accept the gift the other brings and in turn offer an authentic gift of my own. I can welcome others who are different and value the unique contribution they have to make only if I am firmly rooted in my own people and culture. Everyone loves and cares for his or her native land and village just as they love and care for their home and are personally responsible for its upkeep. The common good likewise requires that we protect and love our native land. Otherwise, the consequences of a disaster in one country will end up affecting the entire planet. All this brings out the positive meaning of the right to property. I care for and cultivate something that I possess in such a way that it can contribute to the good of all. It also gives rise to healthy and enriching exchanges. The experience of being raised in a particular place and sharing in a particular culture gives us insight into aspects of reality that others cannot so easily perceive. Universal does not necessarily mean bland, uniform, and standardized. Based on a single prevailing cultural model, for this will ultimately lead to the loss of a rich palette of shades and colors, and result in utter monotony. Such was the temptation referred to in the ancient account of the Tower of Babel. The attempt to build a tower that would reach to heaven was not an expression of unity between various peoples speaking to one another from their diversity. Instead, it was a misguided attempt. Born of pride and ambition, to create a unity other than that willed by God, in His providential plan for the nations. There can be a false openness to the universal, born of the shallowness of those lacking insight into the genius of their native land, or harboring unsolved resentment towards their own people. Whatever the case, we constantly have to broaden our horizons and seek the greater good which will benefit us all. But this has to be done without evasion or uprooting. We need to sink our roots deeper into the fertile soil and history of our native place, which is a gift of God. We can work on a small scale in our own neighborhood, but with a larger perspective. The global need not stifle, nor the particular prove barren. Our model must be that of a polyhedron, in which the value of each individual is respected. Where the whole is greater than the part, but it is also greater than the sum of its parts. A universal horizon.
There is a kind of local narcissism, unrelated to a healthy love of one's own people and culture. It is born of a certain insecurity and fear of the other that leads to rejection and the desire to erect walls for self-defense. Yet it is impossible to be local in a healthy way without being sincerely open to the universal, without feeling challenged by what is happening in other places, without openness to enrichment by other cultures, and without solidarity and concern for the tragedies affecting other peoples. A local narcissism instead frets over a limited number of ideas, customs and forms of security, incapable of admiring the vast potential and beauty offered by the larger world. It lacks an authentic and generous spirit of solidarity. Life on the local level thus becomes less and less welcoming, people less open to complementarity. Its possibilities for development narrow. It grows weary and infirm. A healthy culture, on the other hand, is open and welcoming by its very nature. Indeed, a culture without universal values is not truly a culture. Let us realize that as our minds and hearts narrow, the less capable we become of understanding the world around us. Without encountering and relating to differences, it is hard to achieve a clear and complete understanding even of ourselves and of our native land. Other cultures are not enemies from which we need to protect ourselves, but differing reflections of the inexhaustible richness of human life. Seeing ourselves from the perspective of another, of one who is different, we can better recognize our own unique features and those of our culture, its richness, its possibilities, and its limitations. Our local experience needs to develop in contrast to and in harmony with the experience of others living in diverse cultural contexts. In fact, a healthy openness never threatens one's own identity. A living culture, enriched by elements from other places, does not import a mere carbon copy of those new elements, but integrates them in its own unique way. The result is a new synthesis that is ultimately beneficial to all, since the original culture itself ends up being nourished. That is why I have urged indigenous peoples to cherish their roots and their ancestral cultures. At the same time, though, I have wanted to stress that I have no intention of proposing a completely enclosed, ahistoric, static indigenism that would reject any kind of blending. For our own cultural identity is strengthened and enriched as a result of dialogue with those unlike ourselves. Nor is our authentic identity preserved by an impoverished isolation. The world grows and is filled with new beauty thanks to the successive syntheses produced between cultures that are open and free of any form of cultural imposition. For a healthy relationship between love of one's native land and a sound sense of belonging to our larger human family, it is helpful to keep in mind that global society is not the sum total of different countries, but rather the communion that exists among them. The mutual sense of belonging is prior to the emergence of individual groups. Each particular group becomes part of the fabric of universal communion and there discovers its own beauty. 
All individuals, whatever their origin, know that they are part of the greater human family, without which they will not be able to understand themselves fully. To see things in this way brings the joyful realization that no one people, culture, or individual can achieve everything on its own. To attain fulfillment in life, we need others. An awareness of our own limitations and incompleteness, far from being a threat, becomes the key to envisaging and pursuing a common project. For man is a limited being who is himself limitless. Starting with our own region. Thanks to regional exchanges by which poorer countries become open to the wider world, universality does not necessarily water down their distinct features. An appropriate and authentic openness to the world presupposes the capacity to be open to one's neighbor within a family of nations. Cultural, economic, and political integration with neighboring peoples. Should therefore be accompanied by a process of education that promotes the value of love for one's neighbor, the first indispensable step towards attaining a healthy universal integration. In some areas of our cities, there is still a lively sense of neighborhood. Each person quite spontaneously perceives a duty to accompany and help his or her neighbor. In places where these community values are maintained. People experience a closeness marked by gratitude, solidarity, and reciprocity. The neighborhood gives them a sense of shared identity. Would that neighboring countries were able to encourage a similar neighborly spirit between their peoples. Yet the spirit of individualism also affects relations between countries. The danger of thinking that we have to protect ourselves from one another. Of viewing others as competitors or dangerous enemies, also affects relations between peoples in the same region. Perhaps we were trained in this kind of fear and mistrust. There are powerful countries and large businesses that profit from this isolation and prefer to negotiate with each country separately. On the other hand, small or poor countries can sign agreements with their regional neighbors. That will allow them to negotiate as a block, and thus avoid being cut off, isolated, and dependent on the great powers. Today, no state can ensure the common good of its own population if it remains isolated. You have been listening to a Vatican Radio production of Fratelli Tutti.
the encyclical letter of His Holiness Pope Francis on fraternity and social friendship. Adapted for radio by Mara Micheli. English production directed by Sister Bernadette Mary Rees. In collaboration with the Vatican Publishing House, Libreria Editrice Vaticana. Featuring the voices of James Finnegan, Father Michael Kong, Thaddeus Jones, and Sister Bernadette Rees. Thank you.